You're listening to Tahlequah United Methodist Church's Sermon Podcast. We are a church that strives to have open hearts, open minds, and open doors as we make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. And one of the ways that we do that is offering up our sermons for you to listen to. And so we hope you connect with us online at TahlequahUMC.org or on our social media at TahlequahUMC. So enjoy today's message. Will you pray with me? Eternal God, in the reading of the scripture, may your word be heard. And in the meditations of our hearts, may your word be known. And in the faithfulness of our lives, may your word be shown. And all of us gathered here today said, Amen. A couple of things I want to share with you is that um, Shanna today is um, in Wagner. She's preaching in and filling in for uh, the pastor there at Wagner. She'd already planned on taking vacation and then um, come to find out um, all sorts of other craziness um, had ensued. So be in prayer for Shanna. She has preached two services today. And um, so if you're wondering where she's at, that is where she's at today. Um, a couple other things too. Um, did you celebrate Aldersgate Day on Friday? I mean, I know Hallmark doesn't have Aldersgate Day cards. I've looked. I've, I've asked them uh, a couple times to, to, to come up with the Aldersgate Day card. And, and do you even know what Aldersgate Day is? Probably not. And, well, on May the 24th in 1738, John Wesley had an experience. An experience where he called it, his heart was strangely warmed. And this happened on Aldersgate Street in England. And ever since that moment, ever since his life was um, strangely warmed, and ever since he had that assurance and he felt God's assurance, his life was never the same. And Methodists see that as a turning point in, in Methodism and how John Wesley lived and articulated his life, so much so that in his journal he wrote this, In the evening I went very unwillingly to a society in Aldersgate Street, where one was reading Luther's preface to the Epistle to the Romans about a quarter before nine while he was describing the change which God works in the heart through the faith in Christ, I felt my heart strangely warmed. I felt I did trust Christ, Christ alone, for salvation and for assurance was given me that he had taken away my sins, even mine, and saved me from the law of sin and death. It was in this moment that Wesley began to recognize how to live a life lost in wonder and God's inconceivable, undesirable love for each and every one of us. Which we're going to kind of reflect today on our fifth Sunday in the book of Revelation if you remember where we've been, you remember that Shanna shared with you the first week that um, hope is alive because love is on the throne. And then I invited you to let your amens be a so be it to God. And then in week three, I challenged you to be a stretcher bearer for someone. And then last week, I reminded that you have exactly what you need, what we need, for, the, for you to bring the kingdom of God here and now. So let's see where we go this week. We're going to look at Revelation chapter 22, verses 1 through 5. Then the angel showed me the river 
of life-giving water, shining like crystal flowing from the throne of God and the Lamb through the middle of the city's main street. On each side of the river is the tree of life, which produces twelve crops of fruit, bearing its fruit each month. These trees' leaves are for the healing of the nations. There will no longer be any curse. The throne of God and Lamb will be in it, and His servants will worship Him. They will see His face, and His name will be on their foreheads. Night will be no more. They won't need the light of a lamp or the lamp of the sun. For the Lord God will shine on them, and they will rule forever and always. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Now, if you remember a couple weeks ago, I reminded you that the book of Revelation is a letter written in the prophetic, apocalyptic style to convey to those who would hear it that God's life-giving actions will prevail and that Rome's power, the Roman occupation, power and violence are not the ultimate and they do not have the last word. And that the book of Revelation really teaches us that in the end, God and God's love win. And when we hold that on, when we hold on to that, we find ourselves reading the book of Revelation with new eyes and, and hope that we can actually glean something from it. It's been fun these last five weeks to sit with our Bible study and, and, and not ever knowing where we were going, but yet kind of always finding ourselves back in the same place of knowing that God was in control and we have nothing to fear. I think that's comforting in this time that we live in where, where people are so afraid and, and, and the world seems like it's ending, but yet... What if we held true that it really doesn't matter, that God's going to win, and that God's love is for us? God loves us and cares for us, and, and there really isn't anything we can do about it, and all God wants from us is us. What if we leaned into that a little bit more? What if we were willing to not be afraid? What if we were willing, as the Scripture reminded us today, to be part of that life-giving water to take from it, to be renewed, restored, refocused, Maybe we need an Aldersgate experience where we need to be woken up to the, to the ability that God has given us to, to bring the kingdom here and now. What if we were attentive to the Holy Spirit? Yes, I said the Holy Spirit in a Methodist church that used to be known for rocking and rolling and doing. What if we open ourselves up to that spirit and see where it's leading us and guiding us and that even as we go through all the storms of life, God will be right there by our side. Verse 5 this week really, 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 really leaned into me a lot this week. Night will be no more. There won't be need. There won't need uh, they won't need the light of the lamp or the light of the sun. For the Lord... God will shine on them, and they will rule forever and always. It, it, it toyed on me because I was thinking about how we view the light, and thinking about how we receive the light, and how we be the light for the world. You know that song that we sang, I want to walk as a child of the light, I want to be like Jesus. 
That's not just a song we should sing. It's a song we should embody. It's a song we should take into our hearts and be willing to live out for the world because we never know when we may be sharing the light of Christ to someone who may be going through something difficult. We never know that a simple smile, a simple nod to someone, looking someone in the eye and saying, hey, how are you doing? That may change their life. Who would have thought that someone would have had a life-changing experience from hearing Luther's preface to the book of Romans? Not John Wesley. Not anybody that knows the story. Not any, even me myself as I think about that. Man, I've read that preface a thousand times. My heart's never been strangely warmed. But we never know how God is going to work on us and work through us. And, and we have to be attentive to that and be open to the ways that God is calling us and, and asking us to lean in and, and to do a little bit more. And, and we may feel that like it may stretch us a little bit. It may lead us to places that we don't want to go. It may be something difficult. It may, it may be something that we, we have to just say, all right, God, I'm giving this to you. I trust you in this. And, and, I, and I know you're going to do great work because, you know, when we give ourselves fully to God, when we fully give ourselves to God, amazing things can happen. Do we have what it takes? No, like we know that we have shortcomings. We know that we're not perfect. At least some of us do. Some of us are still learning that. We're in the lifelong process of learning that we're not perfect, we're being made to be perfect. So that means we have to trial and error. How else do you get any, get any better? You have to trial and error. And, you know, one of the things I loved about being a musician, when, when I, I remember sitting in a practice room hours upon hours my freshman year at OCU and, and working really hard, and sometimes I would only work for, for an hour just on, like, four lines. And in those four lines, I, I wanted to make sure that I played it perfect. I could never get those lines perfect. But I could make beautiful music. And that's what I was striving for making sure that, that the music made sense, making sure that what I was sharing made a difference and, and, and would touch people's hearts. And, and, and that's the way that we live out our faith in our life is when we are willing to be the light and share the light, that night will be no more. Because we have friends that are living in darkness. You may not know that. You may not see it on their face. They may not be willing to share it to you. But you have friends that are living in darkness that need to see the light. And when they see you being the light for the world, the being the hands, feet, and heart of Jesus Christ, transformation does happen. But you may never see it. And you know what? That's okay. You may not hear the life-changing story like we did from John Wesley. You may never know what kind of difference you made in that person's life just by sharing the light. But if we can share the light, life happens. And as I thought about this verse, I thought about um, the angels sitting on the throne and, and, and this idea of worship and, and everybody worshiping God. And, and it's amazing to see, like, when we think about what worship looks like, it, it's these angels offering themselves up to God and, and praising God and giving God's presence. And, and notice that, like, it doesn't say that they were the best perfect choir ever or they were the best worshipers ever. They were parts of us. And we were parts of each other for, for worshiping God together. And, and even, in, even though they may have felt like they couldn't sing, they could sing their best. And that was angelic in its own right. Nothing is more cool in this worship service. Let me tell you, I, I love this when we do this. And that's why I try to do it a little bit more often. When we go a cappella, some of you sing louder when we do a cappella than we do with music. And it's beautiful. And some of us who can't even sing, but yet we can't hang it, 
keep a tune, but yet we, we sing out even louder because we want it to be part of the choir of angels. And we're all a part of that. And it sounds beautiful. And I don't know about you, but when we go to those moments, it just, woo! the Holy Spirit is alive and well. And it's working on us and working through us. Helping those who are suffering. I do believe that God shines a light in the dark places. I do believe that God encourages us to be the light, to go in places where the light needs to shine, to be a stretcher bearer in those moments of suffering. came across this story, and, and this, is, this is a really good story. In the fall of 2000, doctors diagnosed Pastor Ed Dotson with ALS. That's also known as Lou Gehrig's disease. It's an incurable disease. The doctors gave him two to five years to live and predicted that he would spend most of his time in a disabled condition. Shortly after he was diagnosed, Ed wanted someone to anoint him with oil and pray for healing. And he wanted someone to pray who really believed in healing. So Ed invited a friend, a Pentecostal pastor, who had regular healing services to come over and pray for him. Here's how Ed described what happened. It was one of the most moving evenings of my entire life. He began by telling stories of people he had prayed for who were miraculously healed. He also told stories about people he had prayed for who were not healed but had passed away, receiving the ultimate and final healing. Before he prayed for me, he gave me some advice. Don't become obsessed with getting healed, Ed. If you get obsessed with getting healed, you will lose your focus. Get lost in the wonder of God, and who knows what he will do for you. This is some of the best advice I ever received. And since that night, I've been trying to get and stay lost in the wonder of God. When we allow ourselves to enter into that river, to enter into the light and we allow ourselves to get lost. God works on us and through us. And that means you too. No matter where you are at on the journey of faith, no matter what you've got going on, no matter what you've done, if you're willing to give yourself to the light, God will use you to spread the light. So night will be no more if we're willing to be the light. So this week, go be the light of Christ to anyone and everyone who needs it. Because this world needs to see Christ through you. Because Christ is working on you and working through you. I believe that. I've seen it. And it's truly the gospel truth. Let us pray. Lord, we know that in you night will be no more, that your light will shine on those who are suffering, and you may be the light. So Lord, help us be the light. Help us want to be a child of the light, that we want to follow Jesus, and be the light for the world. And Lord, we know that there is something about that name, Jesus, that transforms the world. So Jesus, come. Holy Spirit, come. 
God the Creator, come and fill our hearts with your peace. And all of us here, who God is working on and working through, say amen. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast, and we hope you connect with us at TahlequahUMC.org.